The Joe Mays and J-Rap Show is brought to you in part by Mays Sandwich Shop, serving delicious hometown favorites to the West Lawn community since 1947. are listening to the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Hockey. Football. The Big Ten Championship lies on a measurement. Did he get it? No! He didn't get it! Penn State holds! They brought back the fun, they brought back the excitement, and now they brought back a Big Ten Championship. The Penn State Nittany Lions are Big Ten Champions. And the NFL. He's in! Patriots win the Super Bowl! Brady has his fifth! What a comeback! Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 232nd episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, you know, plenty to get to tonight, you know, touching on some things that... Uh, you know, we might mention, but probably going in a little more in depth tonight than we have for a while. So it should yes, be fun. We don't often get to talk about basketball in general, and we actually spend more time probably on the college aspect. Usually, just in March, though, you know, we'll have our friend Adam on to talk about March Madness, college basketball, and the tournament. It's a lot of fun. Occasionally, we will touch on the NBA, and yeah. it's usually arguing about LeBron James. And around this time of year, as we're getting deep into the playoffs and the finals. But this time, we're actually going to go a, you know, a little bit deeper, talk about everything that's going on in the NBA playoffs right now, and we actually brought someone in to help us with that. So let me go, and let's get a little introduction are in order. Uh, let's start that right here. Uncle Owen. Yeah? This R2 unit has a bad motivator. Look. Hey, what are you trying to push on us? All right, so joining us this evening is... Dallas Wood from the Bad Motivator Star Wars podcast. He is an NBA fan, actually a fan of a team in the playoffs right now, the Utah Jazz. He's here to talk a little NBA with us. So Dallas, how you doing tonight? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk on a sports podcast. I'm usually on a Star Wars podcast, so this will be exciting. Yeah, well, you know, when I, I sent out that uh that direct message in that in our group text, just asking, "Hey, you know, who talks sports? What do you guys cover?" And you volunteered basketball. I, I had to jump all over that because, like I said, we don't talk NBA all that often. So it's nice to uh, kind of diversify our shows. And you know, you were the first one I thought about when we could do this, especially because you were you volunteered. So um, here we are, 2017 NBA playoffs. We're in the second round, or actually nearing the second round, working towards the conference finals. And I'd say for the most part so far, things have gone almost chalk, almost as expected based on the regular season. 
but large picture, Dallas, you know, what, what has been your takeaway so far as we near the conference finals? I'm not surprised by anything so far, and I'm not saying that as a homer for the Jazz beating the Clippers. I potentially thought that that could, series could go either way. But um, I was surprised by the Rockets' victory over the Spurs in that game one. Like, not so much that they won, but just the sheer ass-whooping they put on them. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. No, you <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. all right. We, 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 we let us live all the time. Yeah, no, uh, I, right. I completely agree that that San Antonio, like, to see them lose a game one, it's happened a couple times, especially over the last couple years. Um, but you don't see San Antonio lose much like that at all even when they're resting four guys in the regular season. They usually don't lose like that. So that that definitely caught a lot of people's attention. Yeah, I was not expecting uh, the Rockets to come out firing on all cylinders against San Antonio of all teams. I mean, and and honestly, like, I, I thought there was a chance there, too, that the Grizzlies would beat the Spurs, too. I think they were vulnerable to the team that can shoot from the five position at the three. So, well, I mean, Memphis got two from them, but, you know, couldn't, couldn't seal the deal. So your Utah Jazz, you know, you mentioned you thought that could go either way with the Clippers, but they came in you know, pretty even. Uh, they only, uh, you know, they lost out on the, the home court advantage, I assume by tiebreaker, since they had identical uh, regular season records. And the, the Jazz overcame in seven games. Did you get to go to any from that series, Dallas? Yeah, I'm a season ticket holder, okay. so I've, I've been to every game oh, that's wow. been at home. And that's I actually, awesome. I'm so bad, I watch the game when I get home. <laughs> again that I just sat in front of. So my my game nights for the last five years have been go to the game at home, come home and watch it on the TV, and then think in my mind, complain about the TV commentators because I think <laughs> my head my head cannon's better at it than they are. But that's just the local homer guys here. Have They're you bad. been a jazz fan your whole life? Yeah, since I was little. Uh, yeah, I'm 38 years old, so I I'm old enough to have lived through the first rebuilding process that put Stockton and Malone together. And now I'm here seeing it kind of happen again, not, not in the same fashion, of course, we're with two hall of fame players, but you know, it, it's, it's been fun to see this team grow and develop and people in Utah are not surprised that they're playing this well. I know that they're on the cusp of being eliminated by the Warriors, but most people who play the Warriors are going to be on the cusp of being eliminated by them. Yeah. They're a juggernaut for sure. Yeah, but when you look at that Utah team, though, I mean, there's there's a lot of promising like talent there with some of with some of the young guys, especially. Um, what are your thoughts on on how Hayward has developed and, and really kind of I, I don't know become a star? And I think the playoffs are really kind of showing that. Like you know, and people who follow the NBA are going to know that. But like you know, even in the games, you know, like you said, it's not necessarily going the way the Jazz would like against the Warriors, but that's going to happen to a lot of teams, you know. He he's still having his moments where people are starting to get to see him. I think on the national level now. Yeah, uh, you know, he was drafted by the team to be a compliment to Darren Williams, and Darren and, and Coach Sloan didn't see eye to eye, and and we all know how that all went down, and we went into to to rebuilding mode. And the Jazz every year Hayward has gotten better, and it was this off season. Uh, and I know most of your listeners aren't going to know this story because this is a local media thing that's in touch with the team that had reported this, that he had basically sat down with, with the GM, Dennis Lindsay, and he'd sat down with Coach Quinn Snyder, and he'd said, I need to get from here to here. 
and I need you guys to help me do it. And the first thing they said was, well, you need to stay in town and not go back to Indiana. We know you love Indiana, but stay in town and we promise you we can help you get there. And so this dude didn't go back to Indiana. In fact, his wife was pregnant with their second daughter. And, you know, he turned down the Olympics, which was a dream of his to play in the Olympics because he was so committed to this workout regimen that they had developed to take his body to the next level. He, he came in to the practice facility every morning uh, at six, starting out at seven, and then eventually it turned into six. And dude wasn't leaving until two or three in the afternoon every single day. And he was with his strength conditioning coaches and with uh, one of the staff, uh, Johnny Bryant on the jazz, uh, one of the jazz assistant coaches. And, and he was working on game situation, shot clock handling. He also added 10 pounds of muscle, which after the season before where he'd added the 10 pounds of muscle, people didn't think he could add anymore. So we've got this guy that can play the two position at six foot eight and 240 pounds. He can play all the way to the four. So it makes him very dangerous because he can be put up in any, any lineup. The problem they're having now as a team against the Warriors is, is the Warriors just have four guys that are in the top 20, if not five guys in the top 20 of best players in the league. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to compete with. And, you know, it's incredible to see what they've been able to do, not just this year, but the last three years, really. And, and adding Durant this year, I, 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 when, when that happened, I was like, well, what's the, comp- where's the competition going to come from? Can anyone from the East, whether or not it's the Cavaliers, even keep pace with the Warriors because I just assumed they'd be champs of the West and now we're in the middle of it. They're getting closer and closer to that. But who do you think is the biggest challenger for the Warriors? Is it the Cavaliers or is it getting past the Spurs? Should they meet in the next round? What is the big, biggest uh, stumbling block left for the Warriors to a, a second championship in three years? I hate to say this, but it's just a matter of focus and staying healthy. Because there isn't a challenge for this team. This team is historically good. I know that they were created, you know, like Durant said, I'm going to leave this awesome situation to the best situation. I I get it, and people are upset about that, but the facts are the facts. This is a team that won 73 wins the year before and added arguably the second best player in the league. Yeah, that, that's, that's absurd. When when you when you like, yeah, every time and every time I hear that, and every time you lay it out, it's just like, yeah, it's insane, and it's one of those things where I I think people, you know, I think it's a combination of they won seventy three last year, so people are kind of it's becoming routine for people to hear, and also they lost in the finals last year, so that you know people are like, ah, it does you know it doesn't really mean anything till they get there, and I, I understand all of that, but this is a perfect example of this team. It may, and we'll have to see how it plays out, but they didn't win as many games, but they may be a better team this year than they were last year. You know, like, as crazy as that is, like, a team that won 73 games got better. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's, I don't know. I And from an entertainment standpoint, you know, like, when you're watching Warriors games, it, it, it can be fun. You know, our the local team here, the Sixers, are god awful. You know, we're still trusting the process that we can, oh. you know, become relevant again sometime. And and I and I, I like the Sixers, but they haven't been good since we were in high school. Um, but like, you know, it it's crazy to think about. You know, people were concerned when LeBron, including myself, when when LeBron went, 
you know, and it's the big three. Well, now you have big fours, and you feel like it's only going to escalate, and like you're going to you end up get with too these. much bigger though, because there's only five people on the court at a time. No, that's true. But the but the with the new TV deals and the salary cap bumps, people are about to make forty million a year. So yeah, it's, you know, it, yeah, it's going to be nuts. So uh, the soft cap next year is a hundred and three million bucks. That's the minimum a team has to pay without going into the penalty. Oh my goodness. Yeah, hundred and three million dollars. I mean, the salary cap for years was between sixty six and seventy six million dollars. Well, just think what what's the football cap going to be next year in the one forties, one fifties, probably. I think it's in the one sixties. Okay, so it's yeah, in one sixties, but the soft cap, the bottom for basketball, is one hundred three or whatever. Like, yeah, and you're paying twelve to fifteen guys on a roster. It's not <laughs> like the NFL where they got oh. fifty three guys plus a practice squad. Yeah, right, exactly. And their contracts are guaranteed. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and their contracts are right. Well, right. you know, I, I mean, I don't want to get into the, you know, the ESPN. You know, we love them or hate them, but that was the whole point of you know why we're starting to see a downfall of ESPN. They threw all this money at the NBA, and you get these. You know, I don't want to call anyone that's playing professional sports a scrub, but players that you know don't deserve to be making what ten, fifteen million dollars a year make that guaranteed well, they, just because the NBA right. has become this this money bags. Well, and you see this whole thing now. Especially because they talk about like in football, the con- the conversation with quarterbacks was who was elite. Well, in basketball, it's who's a max, who's a max guy, who's right, a max, max contract guy. Yep. Well, it's kind of a joke because there are a lot of guys who get max contracts who people don't necessarily think they're that valuable. One of those guys being Joe Johnson, who's now on the Utah Jazz, who has made a lot of money oh, in his yeah. career. Now, I think you know he's been a good fit at some places, but. He's been getting paid as the guy in a lot of places, and he he hasn't been that for a little while. But um, but look but look what he's doing for really an NBA money eight million bucks a year. Right, that's no money. Right, and exactly. He's winning a playoff series for a team. Yes, yeah. yeah I like, think this is going to be a new trend in the NBA going into the off season. You're going to see these old star players that were used to being the man that you know maybe didn't have things shake out the way they thought they were going to with their current teams. You know, at their age. You're going to start seeing these guys, you know, see what Vince Carter's done in yeah. Memphis. And, you know, I mean, Paul Pierce was good in, in Washington, and then he got to L.A., and it hasn't been the same magic, but I think it has more to do with he's just done. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think you brought up a great point. Last night uh, during the halftime show um, of the game, uh, Chauncey Billups was joking. They had the um, they had uh, Tisdale on, the Memphis coach, and he was – Chauncey Billups was joking. He's like, "Hey, you know, you got room for another forty-year-old on your roster?" He's like, "You know, he's like, I can shoot better than Vince." Like, he was just like, kind of bringing it up. <laughs> like, but yeah, I think it's interesting because there is going to be an insane amount of money going to those top three, four guys on every team. But it's going to come down to who can fill out your roster with guys that can actually contribute, and that's one of the things the Warriors were able to do. You know, Iguodala was the sixth man for a while on that team. He's kind of morphed into, you know. Well, kind of for a little bit was in the starting role. Now he's kind of back in that in that six man rotation. But like, you know, having those guys that can come off and actually contribute is a difference between a team that can compete in the NBA playoffs and you know a team that you know out out west most of the teams can compete. You know, but in the east, you know, you get teams making it that have no business making the playoffs. But that's a different story. I've always said they needed to go to the best sixteen teams. Period. Yeah. I heard an awesome thing the other day, and I, I forget which radio show it was. I think it was one of the CBS radio shows that I don't even know the name of. It was just the one. Um, 
But they were saying they would like to see, and this actually ties into Utah, with how the Cavs, or not the Cavs, the Warriors are kind of calling out, just saying, you know, they wanted to play L.A. because of the nightlife, supposedly. Um, but they were saying how they want the top, so you play out in your, like, regular season, and then the team, like, the highest seed gets to pick who they want to play. Oh, like, like out of, so you have like the pool of 16 teams or whatever, and they call out because they said just the level of Can trash talk and, and everything material? that would be going up. Right, exactly. Because they wanted the playoffs. Right, they you wanted... pick the worst team, you know, you pick an East team that won like 38 games, you know, but snuck in as oh, the. Chicago won 41. Okay, Come okay. On, so they, they did go 500. So you pick the team that goes 500 and sneaks in, and then you're just like, yeah, we want them. And immediately, even though you're 30 wins better than that team, it becomes bulletin board material. The, the like first time that sixteen seed upsets the one, oh man, pandemonium! Right, right. But like, I just think, you know, I don't know that that could ever. Uh, first of all, I don't think that's an idea they would ever do. I don't know that it would actually work. But it it sounded like a fun idea to just have the team straight up be like, yeah, that's who we want to play, and especially after the first round, like, do you reseed or do you put them in a bracket? Like, I don't know. Like, it, it sounds crazy. <laughs> let them pick. The yeah, it's time. pure chaos, just and keep, I'm a fan. Just keep picking. Yeah. It's interesting. That's an interesting concept. All right. Well, let's switch gears a little and let's go to the East now. And, you know, we talked about the Warriors out West and just their juggernaut. Who's going to beat them? Can anyone beat them? Well, can anyone? Is there someone from the East that should the Warriors make the finals that is better suited to beat Golden State? Now, obviously, we saw Cleveland do it last year in an incredible come from behind, you know, down 3-1, the Cavs storm back and win. Do they have it in them to do it this year? Could someone like Boston do it? Are those the only two? I mean, we're getting close to that point now that those are the only two left standing, or actually we know Cleveland's ready to go against uh, the winner of uh, Boston and Washington. But is it Celtics, Cavs, and that's it? You know, I mean, I assume entering, since they're the one and two seeds, entering the playoffs, you're like, well, one of those teams, they could do it. Is Cleveland or Boston better suited to beat the Warriors? Um, Boston will give them problems. I think Boston would win two games. I obviously think Cleveland could win three. Um, but I think if there was going to be a, a scenario where the Warriors would have trouble with somebody adjusting if Steve Kerr doesn't come back from this back surgery he's had, because I don't believe in in – the interim coach, what's his name, Brown? Yeah, Mike Brown. Mike Brown, who yeah. was a former Cleveland. LeBron coach yeah. in LeBron's first stay in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is an underplayed. Now maybe it's because it's a little distant, but that's an underplayed Headline. kind of scenario. Now I say that, give it two or three weeks, and it'll be the most overplayed story there is. But like, um, yeah, I, 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 I worry about Steve Kerr not being there as well. Like I, I don't know what. It's not that I. I, it's really just the unknown that I think scares me on behalf of the Warriors. Like I, I don't know, you know what what is that going to look like when you have a guy who hasn't been calling the shots for a while now calling the shots. I, I don't. Who knows? Well, as we talk about that, I sit here and think, you know, we're just trying to create some kind of drama. When in yeah. reality, we just need to go yeah. back to the fact that this team's just going to win everything, and we just got to wait and see how it plays out because it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. It. It's kind of crazy. Um. I, I referred to the halftime show last night, but the conversation they were having leading up to the the forty year olds playing for Tisdale is um which team is more likely to lose a game before the finals, Cleveland or this 
uh, the Warriors. And they they all kind of pick the Warriors so just saying exactly because whether they're it. playing the Spurs or they're playing Houston, like while they think the Warriors will win that series, obviously they they see either one of those teams getting, you know, one a game or two or, you know. One chink in yeah. the armor. So, you know, especially with the way Houston plays, you know, with Houston shooting so many threes, like you could have a game with the Warriors that they win like 145, 144, you know, in regulation, you know, <laughs> something absurd. Um, but, the Jazz went three and one against the Houston Rockets. See that? And, yeah. And most of the time they didn't have all their players, but right. we're such a good perimeter defensive yeah. team. Once they don't see a couple go in, it, they're screwed. Well, and that's that's one of the interesting things, you know, they talk about with what Cleveland, I, I really don't know what to think in the East because I think they can absolutely turn it on and should, in my opinion, walk into the final. It worries me. Well, I say worries me. I hope Boston beats them, or I hope Washington beats. Them. I hope whoever's there beats them. Washington happen, will beat them. Washington will beat. Gosh, that if would... Washington gets to them because oh. Washington has given them more problems than any other team in the East, and and everybody's forgetting that John Wall kind of cancels out Kyrie Irving, yes. and a lot of that action happens off of Kyrie's one on one. Yeah, and, and you've got big guys that that are healthy like Gortat down low. And, and these guys, yeah. man, they have a little bit of a nasty to them. Oh, yeah. It's you see one that of the now reasons the, the Jazz series. give Cavaliers problems. Right. They have a nasty to them. They can punch them in the face. I mean, the Warriors will do it with finesse, but Boston, it depends on that the team that shows up. I mean, I'm confident Boston can beat them, but I think that's a seven-game series. I think if LeBron gets into the John Wall and company, he's going to have to beat him. He's not going to get past six against right. that team. Just my opinion based on how they play. Yeah, and – that's where it'll get interesting. So I th- I think in this next round, I mean, I think Houston-San Antonio is going to be a good one this time. Um, I know there's a lot to be made of Tony Parker being out now, ripped his tendon, his quadriceps that tendon. Good. Um, which Patty actually, Mills is good. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, th- If that w- injury would have happened like five, six years ago against the team that was playing the Heat, okay, that you know that's a deal breaker for me for San Antonio. But now, I, I know Tony Parker is still – you know, a key to that team, but Patty Mills is really good. And a lot of people couldn't believe that they actually worked it out to get him to keep him. You know, I, I Patty think Patty Mills, Mills is, is more a than different capable. kind of player. I, yeah. I've actually met Patty Mills in person. Um, uh, I have had a little bit of interaction with Joe Ingles from the Utah jazz. Who's nice. really good friends with Patty Mills and their friends. And, um, when I met him, he, I mean, dude is so humble and he, but you just see he has this physical presence and joe ingles comes off like a six foot eight like hang out at the bowling alley with you you know he's one of the boys <laughs> patty mills is a specimen in person <laughs> <laughs> and then frankly like you know tony parker's great and everything but we all forget he's old yeah he's really old patty mills is not tony parker but he could start on a lot of teams in the nba like the sixers <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, but you'll get that guy back. Call uh, Simmons, Ben Simmons, man. Yeah, I was, yeah. I saw well, him in summer league here in Salt Lake. I was like, this dude's for real. Yeah, well, and I, I make the jokes about the Sixers, like, I, I, and I understand the the joke that has become tanking in the NBA. Like, I understand it, but the thing is, and this is kind of like a bigger picture thing. I'm like, to me, the Sixers rebuilding to get good over, you know, and maybe you know, 
three more years or so, two or three more years, is great because no, LeBron year, LeBron will be two or three years older and maybe on the decline a little bit, maybe. And so hopefully, you know, it's a perfect time for the Sixers to kind of start making their their uh, push to be relevant. So <laughs> they were they were in a lot of games this year that I saw them play. Well, they they were in a lot of games this year in the win column. You know, they went from ten wins last year to twenty eight this year. I mean, whenever you're talking less than 30 wins, it's not ideal. But when you see an improvement like that with a young team, I mean, they've been young for years now, but hopefully well, they and, get luck out and the draft right. lottery comes there, around. Yeah, there's still a lot of ifs. So, you know, I hope I hope we can – I hope we win the lottery, get one, and I hope the Lakers get four so we get the one and four one picks. And four. That, would, that would be awesome. So, Honestly, guys, I think you're a good coach away from being good. I really do. I think your coach is the biggest problem. So you're not I think you've got a ton of talent on that team. And you need somebody that can sew them together. I mean, you look at Utah. We we yeah. fired Tyrone Corbin. We brought in Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder took us from a 25-win team to a 36-win team and then a 40-win team the next year and now 51. I mean, three years. I mean, basically with the same guys with the exception of this last offseason. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting because they have changed – they have kind of changed the guard in the in the front office in Philly. I think I think next year is the make or break season for Brett Brown, and I think he's gotten a lot of passes because of the injuries. Um, mm. And and not just him, but I feel like everybody's kind of like we still don't have any idea like what we have. I think like people are really excited about Joel Embiid if he can stay healthy. That's people are really idea. excited about Ben Simmons if he can stay healthy. You know, and some of the foreign guys that they drafted have. Even you know started to contribute when they were given the opportunity. We'll see. Well, you know, I, I'm really hopeful. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I was all behind the being terrible because that's that's the way you're going to get better, the best in the NBA, the quickest. But is it's starting to draw out now, and I understand why people can be mad at it. But at the same time, like, why be the 35 win team that finishes ninth in the East every year? Right. That's might not that well, great either. Might right. well be the 10 to 20 win team and get the better pick. Right. Like we said, if you're average, you're not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. Like we say that about football all the time. If you're constantly seven and nine and nine and seven, what's the point? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, in January when they went 10 and five, like you could start to feel it around here. People were pretty excited. Right. Yeah. Like, they were all like, here we people, go. It's starting to come. Yeah. To people fruition. are waiting for the six. Like when, the, when that gets going. Oh man, people are going to jump on that bandwagon so fast around here, even like because oh, people, people love will. people love the Sixers. Like when we when we were oh, in school we were and up, Iverson yeah. was there and they made the finals, like it, it was nuts. Like I hadn't, dude, I loved Iverson. Oh my gosh, love, he, he's, I love AI. Yeah, yeah. like well, it just wasn't it just fifteen years since his speech. Yeah, just fifteen years since the practice rant. Like I loved Iverson. Like he was great. Um. And like, still to this day, every time he steps foot in the arena, he's there all the time. The place goes nuts, and it, it's so much fun to see. But like, then they were terrible, and then they made the playoffs a couple years. They beat the Bulls the year Derrick Rose got hurt. Like, yep. it it's one of those things where it's just when when they're good again, I think you know people will be there. I actually made a bet with one of our friends, not a true bet, but I made the statement last off season that I think the Sixers are going to make the playoffs before the Eagles do. I still stand by that because I th- I think the Sixers could be the eighth best team next year if things start if Ben Simmons works out if Embiid works out right, if some of those yeah. guys I think they could be the eighth seed next year and I I it was more of a statement about the Eagles than it was about the Sixers at the time but I'm gonna stand by it because I really have nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the Sixers finished 14th this year, but they had that huge win total improvement. Yeah, hopefully, uh, even if they would just realize a tiny bit. Now, obviously, chasing the Celtics and the Raptors hurts them. And what hurts is the Celtics could get the number one overall pick. They get the Nets pick. I know. That retarded draft. That retarded trade. The one seed in the East could get the number one overall pick. Pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean they were <sighs> they were worth uh, the Nets were the worst team by far, right? That's um, was the worst Phoenix. Team. Phoenix. Well, yeah, no, you're right. Brooklyn Phoenix. was the worst. Yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix is bad. Phoenix is another team that you have to work to beat them. Yeah, they, oh, yeah. they lost a yeah. lot of games, but that team is up and coming for sure. I mean, more so than the Timberwolves. Everybody had anointed the Timberwolves as the next yeah. sneak in eight seed team, but. Uh, those guys are still pretty raw and i'm not sold on thibodeau like some people are yeah it's gonna be interesting especially as uh, i don't know i i think thibodeau was one of those where we may have seen his best opportunities with the bulls like some of those teams just like the scrappiness of some of those players like i feel like Joakim Noah is a perfect player for Thibodeau. I mean, I don't, you know, just because, like, the annoys everyone kind of quality. <laughs> um, you know, just some of those Bulls teams that looked like could have gotten it done but didn't, you know, I agree with the Timberwolves. There's a ton of talent there. I don't know how it's going to pan out. Um, and, and the tough thing there is keeping people in Minnesota long enough to, to see yeah. it work out. So Yeah, because Carl Anthony Towns is, like, special yeah yeah and that and this is one of those where it's going to be interesting where you know in the new collective bargaining agreement how much money that hometown team can give those guys you know you're not talking a difference of you know 10 15 million you know over the course of contracts some of these contracts you're talking 40 <laughs> 50 million dollars difference now so gordon hayward can make 40 35 million a year from the jazz it's like nine million dollars more than anybody else can pay him oh and wow. he can they can do it two years longer yeah nice. like you know that that's one of those crazy things yeah i nba is crazy money <laughs> like, mike Connolly is the highest paid player in the league yeah yeah <laughs> i think that might have been the person that they mentioned in, in regards to the espn you know, that, yeah. that, that it was like when Mike Connolly's the highest paid player in the NBA, you know that there's a problem. Right. Like, and Mike Connolly's good and he's a great fit for the Grizzlies. But, you know, if you had to just give it to somebody and like have them guess, like, you know, they don't know the answer. And then you had to have them guess huh. who the sure, most highest paid player. Say LeBron. Right. Most people would say LeBron. And it's not. He's get getting Durant his, but right. Right. But yeah. Curry makes $10 million a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's unreal. Um, By the way, that that's their that's their biggest fault is next off season. Yes, when they got to pay everybody because they're getting away with murder right now. Because uh, you know Stephen Curry when he signed that deal off of his rookie deal, he yep. was having ankle problems. Yeah, it was he before had, he yep. you know basically blew up. So this is the final year of that you know terrible contract. Even though he was paid appropriately based on how he was playing when he signed the contract. Yeah, he's. He's gonna get his. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well you would think ten you would million think. is not like yeah, that too shabby. Yeah. It's just, you got to compartmentalize things and look in terms of the other NBA players. He is vastly underpaid. Right. But right. if you could go and say, "So, man, I can't believe Steph Curry's only making well, ten million. That's where you get into those interesting things too with with LeBron and 
Dan Snyder, not Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder, well, uh, yeah. well, Dan Snyder. Gilbert. Well, yeah, Dan Gilbert, other, you know, kind of different owner. Um, but like they, you know, you read these things where LeBron, you know, part of it is, you know, he took the discount, gets a discount to go to Miami. You know, he, he does these things, but they said he is never going to do Dan Gilbert any favors. Like especially now that he's won in Cleveland, like he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna make him pay and. I yeah he has all the right to he is the reason that Dan Gilbert has you know I can't imagine the money Dan Gilbert has made off of LeBron but Dan Gilbert is lucky LeBron is from Akron Ohio is right. all I gotta say yeah absolutely yeah because who the hell wants to play there for yeah. that dude yeah no I agree he should sell and this is crazy but Dan Gilbert should sell the team oh, because yeah. well, it's, it's not gonna it's get never more. going to be worth more. Yeah. Or, or he should look to sell it to LeBron at the end, like because yeah, he could do that. You know, he already knows how to run the team. Apparently, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he already makes the hiring decisions on coaches. So, like, what's the matter? Well, so, tell Dallas about your about your buddy Joe. All right, so my my college roommate um, is is from outside of Cleveland, and so you know his sports life growing up has been awful. You know, and so he, uh, you know, we when we were in college. He was telling me telling me about this high school kid, LeBron, you know, and it, by then it was, you know, he's on ESPN and all that stuff. So we didn't yeah, yeah. see him. But he, my friend's from Northeast Ohio, too. So he he's there, and then they get tickets. Like, he gets season tickets when he's there the first time, you know. Then they the, he leaves. He had – so he had bought – you in order to get playoff tickets, you had to buy the full season tickets the year – for the following year. And he's like, everyone knew LeBron was leaving. And you still had to get the full season tickets. So he dropped a few grand for the season tickets, knowing that LeBron's leaving, just hoping that he'd be able to see him win before he leaves. He leaves, and then he literally couldn't give the tickets away. He went to the games against the Heat. I think he went to the first game against the Heat, just to boo LeBron as much as he could, all that (laughs) stuff. But like, I don't think he went to a single other game that year. Or maybe he did, but he couldn't give the tickets away. Talking 10 11 season. Then they're sitting there one night. And this is like before LeBron, before LeBron had announced, and a group of them were like, "You know what? Let's just all go in." And I think like six of them went in and they bought, they pulled their money and bought season tickets. Um, and then like three days later, LeBron announces that he's coming back, and they had season tickets, and they they kept them through, and that they saw him win the championship now, and it's all crazy. But so I saw a lot of LeBron when I was in college because we were always watching the Cavs, but I I just. I would root against them all the time. Like, and it, I, I don't know, like, no, I do know what it is. I like, I, I have the, I, I'm like the old man that just can't admit that he's, you know, a, it's not that I can't admit he's a great player. I'll never, and this is pretty much what it is. I'll never admit he's better than Jordan. Like I'll, I'll never do it. I'll never do it. And so like, it, you know, and the, but it doesn't make it any less fun to argue against it. Like I still enjoy arguing against LeBron, but, um, like he he's incredible, and like you know, if he came to the Sixers, I'd buy a LeBron jersey as fast as I could. But like it, you know, those are problems I will oh, never God. have to actually deal with because he's not coming to the Sixers. So, but don't don't say that. Yeah, you know, don't say that. yeah, we'll get him on the back end like Jordan went to the Wizards. That's right, what's exactly. gonna happen. Hey, I'll take it. Still be better than half the team. You're right. You're right. Because Jordan beat all the all the Hornets when he owned the team. You know. So, <laughs> so well, Dallas, Justin, and I have known each other for 17 years. And would Justin, would you say That's crazy. the weirdest 
or the most polar opposite of everything you know about me is my undying love for LeBron James. Based on everything else you know about me, like my love for LeBron James is kind of an outlier. Yes, because everyone, well, there's there's tends to be a common theme. I like the, if I like someone, Joey generally doesn't like them in sports. Now, the person I usually like. I shouldn't. This isn't across the board. It's not ever true every single time. But a lot of times, these are the people like beyond like the teams we root for. I should say, if I like them, they usually end up doing something horrible, and you know, and it comes out, and Joey just like looks at me and shakes his head. So like, so like, I'm a big Tiger Woods fan. Joey just shakes his head. You know, like <laughs> this is like for, like he, he's saying you're a big Kobe more, fan too. Oh, I'm guessing no. Oh, see, this is going. see, I, I wasn't a Kobe fan only because and this. This is this is the Philly fan in me coming out. I'm I'm so bitter over this. All right, so Bill Kobe plays Philly in the finals, and in his words, not mine, his words, I'm a villain in this town. I should get booed. All right, the next year at the All Star game, he gets booed and then complains about it. And I'm like, no, no, you you yeah, said right. you're a villain in this town. Now his dad played for the Sixers. You know he's from Philly. All this stuff. Like I get it, but like, oh my gosh, but. When it comes to Kobe or LeBron, I would root for Kobe every single time over LeBron. No way. Oh, yes, yeah. I would. Oh, yes. No way. Yes. And I hate the Lakers, dude. And oh I my gosh, me too. Time. I can't stand the Lakers. But I'm going to root for Kobe over LeBron. Yeah. You know why? Because in my mind, again, Kobe can't pass Jordan, right? Oh, hell no. And so I know people still think LeBron could. So that's why I would root for Kobe so that LeBron can't. I'm gonna st- I guess going to stir the pot and be like, could. <laughs> oh, no, my god! But gosh. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to get into that stuff because I, you know, I don't really have. That's the we- other weird thing hey, about LeBron, my for LeBron is Jordan, I don't have anything. Jordan in got all his friends together to play on a team, too. It was called the Dream Team, and they won the Olympics. <laughs> you know, they didn't have to do it to win an NBA title. Oh, brother. Well, look at it. Look at it this way. Jordan had Pippen. That's it. Yeah, he I had, mean Pippen. Had, would you say it when in Pippen's prime, is he a top five player? No, he was. And oh my gosh, I argue with He's this with 20. my friends all the He's time. He's top twenty. Well, see, so here's the thing: when they listed the when the NBA did their top fifty players, this is a while ago now. Like I don't I don't remember what year this was. It might have been in college because we we like would scream about this. I believe they had Pippen ranked near, back down there near fifty, and. I don't know whether that's you know an appropriate spot for him or not, but at that time I'm like, and look at all the people who would now be ahead of him. I was like, now Pippen is really good, and people always point to the years he had when Jordan was out. Yeah, Pippen was really good, but you know, oh my gosh, yeah, Joey's got me going now. Yeah, well, but I, you know, I don't know. I I mean, maybe this is just because I I remember them for those incredible Bulls team, but I, I mean, I didn't think being surrounded by Steve Kerr, Tony Kukoc, and Dennis Rodman was all that bad. No, Dennis Rodman is probably, you could argue, is this, the next best player that they played with. And he, and he was nuts. easily a top 25 player uh, on a couple of those years of that team. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. He, he He's like Draymond Green. I only yes. think Draymond Green's better. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he, he was the Draymond Green kind of guy of those teams. The other thing people forget that that want to talk about LeBron being the best player ever. Everybody forgets the NBA was, was zone defenses were illegal. You were man, so you had to be a good on ball, off ball defender. Uh, you could really body up people. You could hand check them. A lot of these things you can't do now. 
Yeah. I mean, you can't touch a guy for most of a game. You didn't see that in, in, I mean, guys would hold guys into the basket to keep them from getting a rebound. You know, and that's why Jordan famously, you know, he became so good because he had to play the bad boy Pistons. You know, he had to get in the gym and, and get ripped and do all that just yeah. to be able to, to endure the fouling. And yeah, the, they were they were talking about that with the with the Boston-Washington uh, game the other day, you know, which resulted in a suspension. You know, Kelly Olenek, you know, lays out um, Kelly Oribre, um and they they were just saying how, like, you know, they're like you know what that was called like thirty years ago in the NBA, a good screen. Like that's like, you're not, yeah. you're, you, like you know you're not going to hear me argue. About no, that. no, no, absolutely. And it is different. You know, it, there there is the fine line, and I understand. Like you know, some of these guys, you know, when they're always like, well, back in our day, it wouldn't have been like this. And like I think sometimes they're right, and sometimes they're not. You know, like um, you know the the guys that can shoot, like. You know they can shoot. You know and you didn't necessarily see teams of guys doing that uh, like bef- before. But at the same time, like you mentioned with the hand checking, you know I know some of the people have said, you know, what? How many would Jordan have scored? You know, if you couldn't game check or if you couldn't hand check him, and they're like as many as he wanted. You know, like he he could oh, yeah. just like if you could like if you could couldn't hand check him, he he would do whatever he wanted to all the time. You know it. Yeah. It, it, It'd be like Harden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how Harden plays. He plays like Jordan used to play. Yeah. Only now he's taking advantage of the fact that they can't touch him. Yeah. And it drives people nuts. And I'm I'm probably like in the minority here. I really like James Harden, and, and even he bugs me to watch him sometimes. But I have real respect for his efficiency and to be able to change positions in a season and go from a two-guard to a point guard, yeah. initiating a complete system with a bunch of nobodies, yeah, let's be you, honest. You talk about an off-season transformation. We talked about it with Hayward. Um, you know, it was interesting. They were talking about that. You know, they were basically like, you know, they, they bring in a new system completely, and they're like, all right, yeah, you're going to be the point guard now. You know, uh, it, 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 you know and, oh, and you need to, like, double your assists, you know, or triple your assists or whatever it was. And he did, you know, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. They, uh, they definitely, people who were in the Westbrook for MVP camp are not looking at what Harden does with shots. Westbrook will score 50 points, but he'll do it on 38 shots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right, just exactly. jacking up shots and yeah, he's getting 10, 11 assists, but I mean, really you look at when he passes the ball he's not looking well, to pass right and if he's you, only passing if it's a triple team or something i know it, i know it's easy to kind of pick out these things but if you see um you know there, there's a couple of people like that you know i follow on twitter that that show like these these youtube clips of of like the team basically helping him get to the triple doubles you know where like they all run away from the ball instead yeah. of getting it so that he can get the rebound credit like yeah. now listen I understand that happens lots of different places, but like, you know, at the same time, like, I, I don't know. I, it, what he did with the triple double, that's still amazing. Like, that, that's incredible. Oh, yeah, if agreed. it was easy, people would do it all the time, and they don't. But like you said, there's something to be said for being on one of the top three, you know, four or five teams in the league. You know, with Houston, you could argue maybe the second or third best team in the league. You know, depending on how Houston you argue, Houston would it. win the East. Oh Houston yeah, would be exactly. the number one seed in the East. <laughs> exactly, and y- the Jazz would probably be up there too. The Jazz yes. would probably in the top because Cleveland can't handle the Jazz. No, and the the I mean, Jazz they won were at home, but right. they barely won. <laughs> you look at so 
the Clippers was pretty much a, a split, and they proved they were better than the Clippers. And then you look at the three teams above them after that: Houston, San Antonio, Golden State. All you could like, like you could, I, I would agree. All would be better than anyone in the East in terms of the record over the season. Now, you know, LeBron playoff LeBron, and you know, with that, who knows how it would play out if they faced each other over seven games? But yeah, like that when when you look at what's there, I, I just oh man. Yeah, it, it draws I, me, I, it draws me I, back I, to this the discrepancy between the East and West, and the it, NBA is is all about analytics. Yeah, now, and and you have a camp out there that doesn't want to believe it, and they're the camp that that hires the Tom Thibodeaux of the yeah. world. You know what I mean? And, and the who's the dude who's coaching the Pelicans? Ah, oh. uh, Alvin me. Gentry. Oh yeah, Alvin yeah. Gentry is old school. Yeah. That way, and 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 teams like Houston's and the Warriors love, and San Antonio, Phil, Phil and Jackson Houston. hiring friend after friend to coach the Knicks. You know, uh, like, I love Jeff Hornacek to death, but man, if he had a GM that was halfway decent at either Phoenix or now New York, yeah, the guy would be a great coach. Right, I mean, they yeah. shouldn't have won that many games. That team analytically was terrible. I remember. Uh, do you guys listen to uh, Kevin Pelton at all? ESPN writer. Um, not, not regularly. Uh, he does every year at the beginning of the season, he does like a, a prediction machine to like what people's wins are going to be. Okay. And, and you sit there and you think at the beginning of the year when he's telling you all this stuff, you're like, the Rockets are going to be in the top five in the West, maybe even in the top three. You sure, man, they don't really have anybody <laughs> on that team. And then it just he just puts the numbers in on what these guys can do, and he can figure it out. He figured out Golden State would win sixty seven, and that was because he was figuring they'd rest players or whatever. It turned out to be an injury, but you, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's like it, Lenardi and, and bracketology, right? And nailing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you plug this stuff in, and you look at some of these teams in the East, and they're just not doing anything analytically no. to get ahead. And I would say Toronto is one of those teams. Yeah. I'm sure you guys want to talk about how Toronto can't beat the oh Cleveland Cavaliers, man. They, they, they're built for the playoffs, but they don't play well in the playoffs. And I, I like Kyle Lowry because he's a Villanova right, guy, I and I like Villanova. Um, so I like Kyle Lowry, and I think he could be really good. But like you said, that team as a whole is not built. And I was having this discussion with said, you know, the Cleveland Cavs fans that I mentioned earlier from college, you know, when they got Serge Ibaka in that trade, everybody's like, oh, that's the piece they need to push the Not Cavs. Me. Like, I'm like, no, like, there's a reason Serge Ibaka got traded twice in the last yeah, year. Right like, there, there's a reason, like, or no, sorry, sorry, he didn't. But, like, there's a reason he got traded there, you know. Eh, that wasn't the move that they needed. And I don't know that there was a single move that was going to help them. Like, I thought last year was their shot to say just because they had things clicking. Like Toronto didn't really show the signs this year that they were the team that they were last year, and like you said, I think some of that is the failure to kind of ad- adapt some of the things to some of the things that the other teams that are being successful in the NBA are doing, like the Rockets, you know, who are way out there in the analytics stuff, you know, in in terms of uh, for the NBA. So it, it's interesting. I know that's one of the things that. I am hopeful for with the Sixers have one of the biggest analytics staffs, yeah. you know, or like, and they put a ton of money into it in the last two or three years. 
Um, it just takes time. Which is good. Yeah, it takes time to play itself out. But if you look the track record for analytics in every sport where it, they've, you know, the teams that have made a serious commitment to it over time have had success over time. There are going to be individual moves that you don't necessarily see the result you would hope for, but that's the whole idea of playing the numbers. If you play the you, numbers well enough, like, long enough, you'll be good. You mean, for example, like throwing out a million dollars in 2013 to the Denver Nuggets for two second-round picks for a French center everybody passed on until the 27th pick? Uh, yeah. Shit like that? Yeah, Things yeah, like stuff that, yeah. like that, yep. Yeah, well, oh, sorry. I mean, Didn't just, mean to say that. <laughs> well, just like in Philadelphia alone, we finally finally got the Phillies on board. They finally right. are paying attention to that. And what happened after all the great drafting and, you know, cherry picking of guys to build a contender for five years, now they've been one of the worst teams in baseball. Now finally after right. Ruben Amaro is gone. The good the good players on the team they have now that are building are the young guys they built through the analytics program. Right. I mean so. and that's crazy to think about baseball because Sabermetrics has been around for how long? And they're just built on top of that and the Phillies were like, no not for right. us. We're going with crazy. It, right. it took till the turn of the century for people to jump on that program yeah. in baseball. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, it's absurd. So, Dallas, we're going to wrap up here. Just a few last quick things. Um, okay. Just, uh, well, quickly finishing here a little bit more with the Cavs. You know, it's their third straight year in the conference final. Surprise, surprise. Ever since LeBron came back, they've been there. But it's LeBron's seventh straight in the conference finals. And he hasn't lost in the conference finals since. 2009, kind of the beginning of the end for him in Cleveland the first time. For the record, when he when he quit. Right, yeah, that was in 2010. Yeah. That was the next oh, year. Oh, sorry, that was sorry. The next year. Uh, he lost to the Celtics in the semifinals. But so LeBron's been to, what is it, six, six straight? He's been to six finals. straight finals. He's working towards a seventh, depending on what happens this year. You know, I know both of you, you're not LeBron fans, but Dallas, where would you put him? In all in all time, is he top ten? Is he not there yet? Where do you, where do you have LeBron right now? It's such a difficult question because you can't deny the talent. I think for Justin probably would agree with me on this. It's just hard to swallow like how he takes advantage of the situation and doesn't like put it out all there. It's it just you just don't. The fact that we have playoff LeBron is is hard to rank him overall. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like the fact that we have a term called playoff LeBron, I would say he's in the top ten. I don't think you can deny that. I mean, the guy when he gets on a franchise, he turns it around. I mean, look, you guys had Kyrie Irving before he got there, and you weren't in the finals the next year. He immediately changed the team. Yeah, or like in, when Justin and I were looking at some of the stats before the show. Look at what happened to Cleveland when he left. They went from a sixty-one win team to what was it, nineteen? Nineteen. Yeah, in one, in one season, just because yeah. he left. Yeah. So yeah, I just I just like to get people's take on that because the Le- LeBron thing is always interesting, even for people that aren't diehard basketball fans. It's one that people it's generally love hate. Like there's no middle ground with him. You either love him or you hate him. You either think he's amazing and one of the best of all time, or you think he's overrated based on what he needed to get over the top. It, it's just an interesting question. It's definitely a, a not an easy one. No, and, and the, the nice thing is we don't have all the data yet. You know, he's still playing. So there'll be plenty of time to go over this yeah, uh, I hope, down the road after he wins yeah, another three and, championships. And when he's well under, when he's even further under 500 in uh, championships, I think it'll settle it for itself. Yeah. All right. So I, I guess there was only, 
There are very few things that Joey and I root against each other or have such opposite rooting interests in um, other than NBA like NBA yeah. finals, really. Because most of the season... Well, if, if the like, Sixers were any good, we'd be on the same page. Right, we'd be right there. But, yeah, it's it's they're so Guys, bad. Guys, I, I want them to be so good. I, want the, <laughs> I miss that franchise being there. Because, you know, it was always that team, the Knicks, the Bulls, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, 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 you had all those, like, you had some Cavs teams that were good in the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was always fun to watch those teams go at it, those same teams. You know, like like the West is kind of back to that. It's kind of the same teams that were always good in the West. Because, I mean, the Warriors were a good team in the yeah. early 90s and 80s. I yeah. mean, everybody forgets Chris Mullen, Jeff Richardson. Yeah, the Rockets, man. You had Olajuwon and all those guys. So, anyway, like, it'd be nice to see that team come back for all the Philly fans, yeah. well, for I sure. Mean, we can live vicariously through the Warriors because they originated in Philadelphia, right? That yeah, that's, true. that's that, true. That counts. Yeah. Come on, that that counts for something. And but, the Athletics, right? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Man, all just, those Oakland teams. Kind of, you just, we just drive teams away. But <laughs> so the Warriors are an interesting one. Just is just me personally because we talk about you know growing up. Who do you know? Who do we think of as the teams to beat in variety of sports in the NBA? When we when I was like into the basketball and paying attention and the Sixers were getting good in the late nineties. The Warriors are awful. Yeah. Like when the Golden State started getting good a few years after they got Curry, it just took me a while to grasp that Golden State and winning were going hand in hand because <laughs> from the, well, from the mid nineties up until basically they got Curry, they only made the playoffs once. Like, yeah. Like the Warriors just weren't any good. I know to, to talk about um, Mullins and, and, and everyone from, from what was, I think what late, late eight, mid late eighties, early nineties. When they had a, a few good years, that that was kind of before I started to really pay attention to the league as a whole. So Warriors always, to me, were just awful. They were just terrible. You know, it's crazy. Matt Barnes was on that Warriors team in the oh, you man. know at two thousand seven that went to the Western Conference Finals against wow. the, or or no the semifinals against the Jazz. When was they, that was that the year they beat the they Mavericks? Beat the Mavericks, yeah, they yes, were the they eighth seed, the, I think, and they, beat the Mavs in the first yes. round. Yes, and everybody's oh, yeah. like, "What's wrong with the Mavericks? They had the best record in the NBA that year." Yeah, sixty-seven yeah. and fifteen. Wow, a sixty-seven win team loses in the first round. Wow, it's kind of like the uh, Predators eight seed yeah. rolling yeah. through the the hockey. Uh-huh. Dallas loves hockey, right, Dallas? Um, I it's one of those <laughs> ones. I'm like, man, yeah, I know. I'm right. just joking. What we give is it Brad who we give? Yeah, oh Everyone yeah, gives Brad crap in the uh, the DM. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm I'm a poor 49ers fan. That's my other. Oh, okay. There you go. And then I love college football, of yeah. course. Who yeah. who do you favor in college? Uh, I'm a University of Utah and ASU grad, so right. those awesome. are my two teams, nice. and they happen to be in the same conference. So. <laughs> well, I mean, do you have any other questions for Dallas? Any other NBA talk you want to throw at him before we let him go? So, I mean, I think we've we've alluded to, uh, you know, or gotten to what I think um, you are going to say, but. Um, if you had to make a prediction for the finals, uh, what two teams do you have there? Who do you have winning in, like, how many games? I'll say the Warriors in five against the Cleveland Cavaliers is a safe bet, but I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those other two teams show up. All right. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, we can, can all hope, right? That was my last question, so he, Justin got that covered. Well, I mean, Dallas, thanks for joining us. This was a ton of fun. Love talking about a topic we don't get to cover much, and you uh, – Definitely fit the bill. You got plenty of knowledge dropping tonight. Things that I, had, I hadn't even considered. So, that, uh, you had no idea I knew that much about NBA. I know. I was surpri- you surprised me. By the way, just real quick before you go, 
Embiid needs to get down below 270 because analytically, bigs who get over 270 are in, more injury prone than if they are under 270. You have ha- you have no idea how many people I am going to tell that to in the next couple weeks. Um, and and I'll give you credit. I'll, I'll say no, no, tell, you heard it from Joe. Oh, okay. I'll say I'll give Joey credit. Yeah, then. there you go. But <laughs> I'm going to use that so much over the next couple of weeks, and people here are going to eat it up and think I'm a genius. <laughs> You should do it because it, it's there. I mean, look at Derek Favors on the Jazz. He teeters around 268, 269. This season, he has not been able to stay on the court. Well, there we go. We got to get him running. Well, Dallas, you know, I'm always giving you crap in the DM about your love for <laughs> Boba Fett and the Bounty Hunters. And I actually have sitting here with me um, a Star Wars Celebration pin set that I have no need for. So if you're interested, it's Boba Fett. Bosk and IG88. I'll send this your way as a thank you for coming on the show. Oh, I would love that. All yeah, right. I'll, I'll message you my address. Yeah, give me your address and I'll send that to you. Oh, I would love that. That's awesome. All right, well, thanks so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Yes, and, thank uh, you. If we do another NBA talk here, maybe when the finals get hey, started June 1st. We can we... we can do MMA too if you guys ever want to do that. That would be a first for this show. Yes, it would. You, yes, it would. That is my that. second favorite sport. Well, hey, you know, there, there are times when we're like, what do you want to talk about this week? And we're like, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? And we just usually end up talking about football. Like, yeah, that's, just that's like usually what, what the fall-in is. But. Well, hey, you know what? I, I will do some research on that. I think Justin probably knows kind of like the basketball thing. He knows a little bit more about it than I do. Uh, but we will, we will keep you uh, in mind if we decide to uh, journey into that realm of the sporting world. Or Pac-12, if you want to talk Pac-12. Hey, hey, there we up. go. Yeah, we talk college football all the time. It's, you know, summer and fall primarily, but we'll, uh, we will uh, keep that in mind as well because uh, getting the, the Pac-12 view would be different for our show. It's mostly Big Ten and uh, the local Philly schools. So, yeah, yeah. We've, we're lucky in the West. We get everybody's TV, but since you guys are have to stay up late to watch our Western <laughs> stuff, yeah. you, you, miss, you miss some good stuff. So I'm sure we do. I get it. Well, we'll let you fill us in on that then. All right. All right. Well, Dallas, thanks so much for joining us, and we will have you back on in the not-too-distant future. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a good rest of your night, man. All right. All right. So that was Dallas Wood. You can listen to his Star Wars podcast. He's a little bit different than what we do here, but he has a Star uh, Star Wars podcast called The Bad Motivators. It just started up uh, this winter. He does that with Eric Strothers and Luke Cruiser, and it's very good. I, I have a tough time fitting podcasts into my rotation, and they started it, and I've been listening to it every week. So it's, uh, you know, there's, there's premium status when it comes to my podcast listening. So if yeah. you can break into that lineup, you know it's got to be good. And, and Dallas, Luke, and Eric are really good. So if you're a Star Wars fan and want to, uh, hear them talk about not just the latest news, but in-depth theories and uh, and book reviews and, and things like that. Definitely check out The Bad Motivators. All right, do you have any final NBA thoughts before we close up this episode? Um, go Warriors, I guess. Go Warriors. I mean, I feel bad saying that since we just had a Jazz Well, yeah, on. right. You don't but, want to, you know. Right. It's not the Jazz, and I think he would agree. Like, if... It's basically go whoever plays the Cavs. Like that, that's what we're going to say. Honestly, Which assures the Cavs are going to continue to be successful because <laughs> I'm rooting against. If the Sixers aren't in it, you know I'm going to pull for LeBron. But yeah. if, if someone was like, if you're not cheering for LeBron, and we're still at the beginning of the playoffs, I'm not talking right now, who are you going to cheer for? I am absolutely cheering for Utah. And I, <laughs> and I, I, can, I can see that. Because like, like, Golden State, 
done it. San Antonio, done it. I'm just not a huge fan of the LA team, so I can't go with the Clippers. No. Um, no. OKC, I don't really have anything against them. I, I don't know. No, if they were, if I was going to root for them, though, it would have been last year when they were up on the Warriors and it looked like they were going to play the Cavs. Right. That's who, and I would have rooted been for Oklahoma City. Although, the way that the finals ended last year was pretty entertaining. Yes. Um, Memphis, Portland, I don't know. There's just something about the, jo- the Jaws. The jazz that jumps out to me, and it, it's probably from when we were growing up. Right. Stockton, Malone, and Hornacek. I wasn't sure what his views on Jordan were going to be, just because the the yeah. lasting image of Jordan, even though he did play that for the, 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 the Wizards right? after that. Well, yeah, yeah, and he also he like pushes off to hit the game winner oh, yeah. in game six. Like, oh man, we should have asked him that. Yeah, I thought of it, and then I just like I thought yeah. of it on the way over so here. Maybe I didn't he would have hung up on that. I know, <laughs> and I didn't want that to happen. So yeah, but I mean, I, I don't like. I just don't like any of the other teams in the East. I'm not. I can't root for a Boston team. I guess Toronto. I guess my ideal matchup yeah. without. I can LeBron say I'm not going to root for a Utah. Boston team. Um, I'm a couple games away from rooting for a Boston team <laughs> or a Washington team, whoever it happens to be. No way, man. But Go LeBron. It's not going to happen. But <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I don't know who LeBron could play that I would root for their team. Like, just to be clear, you know, in an issue, just kind of say like when when they won last year, I was I wasn't rooting for them, but like. I was really happy for my friends that are Cavs fans. Like right. I, I was, I wasn't like heartbroken over. You know, I wasn't like, oh, they they beat the team because I know, like, I'm not. I don't consider myself a Warriors fan because you know, like, I follow them because they're entertaining to me to watch because right. they're they're just different for basketball. Now the Rockets are kind of filling in that that a uh, little bit without the defensive aspect, but um, yeah, it it's interesting, but. I don't know. I, I honestly feel like I've watched more basketball over the last two seasons than I have since college when I watched a lot because of the Cavs and right. uh, LeBron being new in the NBA. Like, all that was still uh, brand new. But, yeah. All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed our NBA talk. A little bit change of pace, and it was fun. If, you know, we'll check out the our analytics of how the show does and yeah. see if it's something that people are interested in us talking more about. And we'd be happy <laughs> to do so. And maybe Dallas would as well. That was a lot of fun. He obviously knows his stuff. Yeah, that, that insight story to Hayward was awesome. Like, yeah. I love, I love that kind of stuff. Um, that you get, you know, because those those are the kind of stories that I don't know. They just kind of draw me in, and those are the things that I like to know. And that kind of dictates like how, you know, who I root for and things like that. So I don't know. That's a lot of fun. All right, so I think that's everything for us tonight here on episode two thirty two. We will be doing episode two thirty three in two weeks. We're going to be good husbands and let our wives have all of Mother's Day. I mean, I'm sure the most what they want out of Mother's Day is us to be around at all times. So we're going to give that to them and not do a show next week. So we'll be that. Don't you think that's right? That's, that's what think, they want. I think that's, that's what they it. want more than anything. I think that's to be it. Around. I think that's it. So we'll, we'll do a show two weeks from now, uh, Sunday, May 21st, same time, same place. You can find us on Facebook uh, and on Mixler live and then obviously on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes and Google Play after the fact is the podcast. We're going to be probably and reluctantly inviting my sister in cuz she won our bracket challenge, but she has elected to do I, sports movies. Okay. I hereby motion to not do a challenge next year. <laughs> so you're putting that forth is just or, drop you know what? The no. We'll do it. We'll just send her the wrong password information. There we or, go. We'll just put in a, a, a rule that if you've won before, you're not eligible to win the top yeah. prize again. Yeah. yeah. We'll put like it has to be 
370 days or whatever, you know, since from your last since your victory. Last, yeah. But well, that just means she could win the next year, though. Yeah, but at least it would space it out. And then if it happens, we'll address that problem. That's a problem for future Justin and Joe. Okay. We'll have to think about that. So I think we've just figured out who our winner is two years from now. So. <laughs> right. So, yeah, my sister's coming in to talk her sports movies. We're going to talk top ten, and that goes for all three of us. We're going to probably dwell on top five. We'll briefly mention six to ten, but we're going to focus mostly on top five. Well, Rocky one through five are right up there, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want more for, from us, remember you can check us out at jmnjrradio.com. Follow all of us on Twitter. The radio home, JMNJR underscore radio. The show, Joe Mays and JRAF. Me, at JMFlyer1454. And Justin, at Mr. Underscore Raffoff. Do you have any shout-outs this week? Um, I might have said it last week, but I'm not sure. But my mom had a birthday this past week. Yes, happy birthday birthday to her a little bit late. And, oh, I think I said it last week, but I'll say it this week. Happy anniversary to my parents celebrating on Friday. Um, before uh, aforementioned, uh, Joe, uh, Cavs fan, um, he has a birthday um, tomorrow. All right. So. Well, I want all I want for him is another LeBron championship. So he's got to wait about six weeks. Yeah, that. I don't like him that much. So. You don't like him that much. Okay, we'll <laughs> let him know that. I, I'm gonna send him that quote at the end. <laughs> Absolutely, so. we will pull that out and send that right there. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. This wraps up the 232nd episode of the Joe Mays and J Raff Show. We hope you tune in every Sunday for our take on sports. Until next time, I'm J Raff, and I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and J Raff Show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Facebook Live and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRaff.com. The Joe Mays and JRaff Show is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. For more info, visit JMNJRRadio.com.